Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast, Hyphenation. I'm your host, Helen Conley. How's everybody doing tonight? Episode 98 of the World's Greatest Podcast. Closing in on 100. 100 should have been this week, but I've been behind. Had some things going on. But I, but I made sure to finally sit down and start on this for y'all. So, happy to be back, man. Doing good. Work week is almost over. I work tomorrow. But for the most part, it is over. Survived it. Another day, another dollar. And now I'm just kind of sitting here with Futurama on in the background while I do the pie. So, Morgantown Weather Report. I know that's what y'all are here for. This is Morgantown Weather Report. It was beautiful today. Little rain here and there. Temperatures were like 60s, low 70s today. Very nice. After that weird cold spell that we got over the weekend. That was that was interesting. But yeah. Beautiful today. Supposed to be beautiful tomorrow. Maybe rain. I know it's supposed to be in the 80s. That's what the Googler just told me. So there's your Morgantown weather update. I know that's what y'all been waiting for. So no need to listen to the rest of the pod. Psych nah, psych nah, psych nah. Anyway, special episode for y'all. Way, way, way back in episode 30 of Hyphenation. I did a little something I like to call the questions. Huh? The questions, come on. The questions, come on. The questions, what? Questions, yeah. And if you don't know what that song is, it's from like water for chocolate. Um, that's Common's th- 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 fourth album? Third album. Let's see. First there was Can I Borrow a Dollar? Then there was, um, I'm not going to Google it. It starts with the R. It's not Resurrection. Um, God, it's his classic album. Damn it. His first classic album, to be completely honest with you. Uh, come on, man. Let's check this out. Common second album was called Resurrection. Damn it. I think that might have crossed my mind. I was probably wrong. But yeah, Resurrection was Common's second album. And then there was the third album, One Day It All Makes Sense. And then like Water for Chocolate was the fourth Common album another classic and there's a song on there most deaf called the questions where they literally rap about rap asking questions i love that song i love that album recommendation number one like water for chocolate common 2000 that sounds right i think it was 2000 and that was that was like the beginning not the beginning but that was part of the whole soul Aquarians movement um if you don't know what the soul Aquarians were Look them up. There's a really good article about them on, I believe, Red Bull Academy or something about how that whole collective started and eventually kind of broke down. But yeah, welcome to The Questions Volume 2. So I went to my playbook as the preacher, the priest said in Any Given Sunday. Oh God, I love Any Given Sunday. 
uh, to the players, everything. He's like, I went to my playbook, and then he holds up the Bible. He's like, I went to my playbook, and all the players chuckle, you know, and then they say the prayer. So, I assembled a collective, just like Hyphen Podcast Group. Oh, by the way, Hyphen Nation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, hyphenpodcastgroup.com, Morgantown, West Virginia, Podcast Collective, bringing great podcasts to the people. Um, in case you missed it, my interview with Morgantown Magazine is online now. They did post it, um, so you can find that. Uh, there's a, Actually, if you go to hyphenuniverse.com, my personal site, there's a link to it there, and you can read it, or just morgantownmagazine.com. It's called Casting a Wide Net. So, again, appreciate Zach Harold for interviewing me and Morgantown Magazine for the opportunity. So, I assembled... How many people? No, I'm not counting it. Okay, I assembled a handful of people. And I said, give me questions. And they came through. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through all these questions and see what happens. But before I do, I do also want to mention the hyphenation is brought to you by the marcrob.wordpress.com. Mark Robb, written by my semi-regular co-host Marcus Robinson. Just posted, okay, not just posted, but not that long ago, like maybe a month at this point, he did write about Game of Thrones. So there is some recent material on there. You never know when he's going to drop some quality stuff and everything he writes is quality. So definitely check out Marcus, please and thank you. And you, you know what? I still like Radio Public, but I'm not going to say they're the unofficial sponsor of the show this time because... Apple changed up all their links. Apple Podcast did. So before when you did iTunes, like you would click a link on your Android and then on Radio Public would bring it up. But now that Apple changed all their links and stuff, you click a link, it takes you to the Apple Podcast page and you can actually play it right through your browser, uh, right on your phone and play an episode. So the main feature that attracted me to Radio Public is kind of gone, which kind of sucks. I mean, you can always copy and paste the link into Radio Public and bring up the show. That's very doable. But the cool thing always was for me, I click iTunes link and then it comes Radio Public. And right now, unless they're planning to fix this now that the URLs have changed, it's not doing that. So I still love Radio Public as my podcasting app. No problems there. But it's not doing the main thing. But for those of you who are looking for a good podcast app, I still say Radio Public is the best, and that's iOS or Android people. So there you go. Radio Public, you can still be my official sponsor for this episode, but I hope you fix that. So let's see. Solicited questions. (laughs) A lot from Chris Slater. Chris actually had a podcast called Communication Breakdown probably about five years ago now. And I was actually on an episode, I believe it was episode 22. If you go again to universe.com and search Communication Breakdown, you can find the pod. I have it posted and you can listen to it. It's also still on YouTube, I believe, too. Um, it, the quality kind of sucks because it was Skype and he had called my phone from Skype. So it it really wasn't that great. Um, the interview was great. He did a great job, but the quality isn't that great. But 
if you uh, want to check that out, please do. He um, currently works for, um, is it the Charleston Gazette? I believe in Charleston, West Virginia. He, um, hell, he puts together the newspaper like every day. He's always working on a section and posting on Snapchat. So my man Chris has been working hard. Also, um, he, he had a series of uh, blog posts that he had on his old blog. I think it was, let's see, I can't remember the, the name of his old blog spot. But he, he would just get on there and write about different things and stuff. And he's a really good writer. He actually has a collection of stories that he gathered from his blog that he published on Amazon a few years ago. Um, so look at Chris Slater, probably West Virginia or something. And I, I have a feeling it'll come up. And I'm not going to do my man a disservice here. Let me let me help you get my podcasting 101 on. All right, let's see. Chris Slater, Amazon.com. See, I can't even find it. Here it is. He, yeah, it's called B-Sides, Rarities and Unreleased Works, Volume 1 by Chris Slater. Um, just a quick synopsis. It's uh, 81 pages on Kindle. Um, let's see. Um... It's just a collection of articles that he that he wrote from years ago, and then he kind of finished up and everything. Um, so yeah, check out my man Chris's book. Throw him a little money. It's called B Sides, Rarities, and Unreleased Works. I haven't read it, even though it's like three ninety nine on Kindle right now. I'm sorry, Chris, um, but he is a good dude, and I actually met him from his uh, his ex girlfriend now. Candace Nelson, who actually, ironically enough, she's a published author as well. She has a pepperoni roll book. And if you don't know what a pepperoni roll is, go ahead and Google it. Because I'm going to tell you right now that I'm not going to help you. <laughs> but her book's called The West Virginia Pepperoni Roll Book. And it, 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 it's a fun little book. I haven't read that either. Um, but it's more of a, a tabletop kind of thing. But anyway, I knew Candace. Um, when she worked for the Daily Athenaeum here in Morgantown, the um, WVU's college newspaper, and then from Candace got to know Chris, and yeah, now you know how I know Chris. Anyway, sheesh, he came at me first, and I think he had the most questions, like I said. Very first question, well, not even a question, name a positive quality of Donald. He's not boring. <laughs> That's the best thing I got, man. Like, I, I can't even think of a normal, like, I'm not pro-Donald, man. And that's not, and that's not what he's asking either. Um, but yeah, positive um, quality is, uh, He's not boring. He's never boring. So that's my answer. Question number one. Done. What's your favorite cartoon? Right now it would be Steven Universe. And it's so special to me that I refuse to miss a moment of it. And I prefer to watch it on Saturday mornings 
when Aaliyah wakes up and she's normally on her tablet because we give her tablet time in the morning when she wakes up. Um, and then I will sit down with some coffee and watch some Steven Universe episodes. And it's kind of my favorite thing right now. Uh, favorite cartoon. This is an all time question, but let's go ahead and run the gamut here. Favorite cartoon ever. Dragon Ball Z is up there, but I'm not going to say Dragon Ball Z is it. Is that even, uh, favorite cartoon ever? Man. I really like some Disney Afternoon shows. Was never big on like the Disney short cartoons, animated shorts. Thundercats was cool. Uh, He-Man was cool. I'm actually watching the She-Ra show on Netflix. I'm two episodes in. It's actually pretty cool. I'm enjoying that so far. So there's that. Recommendation. She-Ra on Netflix. Princess of Power. And what else? If I, if I, I love South Park. South Park was hilarious in the beginning. I was there for the beginning. I'm that old. I'm South Park. Remember when South Park first started airing old? I'm older than that. Um, man, uh, Simpsons is cool. I was big on Family Guy for a while. Robot Chicken. A lot of the, um, almost called it Toonami. Adult Swim stuff. Futurama I'm watching now. Just to have something to look at as I talk to y'all. But man, what? It's my favorite cartoon. I'm going to answer this and then something else is going to come to me. But I'm going to go ahead and say it's Looney Tunes slash Merry Melodies. Anything with the Warner Brothers cartoons. I I could sit there and just watch it on repeat for hours at a time. Um, that's, That's my favorite cartoon. Who's going to be the NBA champion? Well, when he first asked me this... It was April 22nd. Now it is May 17th as I record this. And, oh, man. Down to four teams. Down to the Blazers. who are down 0-2 to the Warriors. The Raptors and Bucks, I believe, are playing right now. Let's go. Let's go a little live update here. Yeah, they're playing right now. And according to Twitter, oh, the Bucks are up 18. What? Dang. So it looks like that series is going to be tied 1-1. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I think... God, the East is so close because the Raptors... Kawhi seems to be the answer the Raptors have always needed. Um, Like, to get over their playoff woes. The Bucks have Giannis, of course. I think it's going to go seven games. I'm going to give it to the Bucks though. So the Bucks should come out of the East, then over in the West. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see how Golden State does in Portland without Kevin Durant. But I don't know. I feel I feel like either Portland will push them to six, or it, Golden State could just be in their bag right now, and they could 
totally just rip off four straight and sweep them. But long story short, it's going to be um, it's going to be Golden State, man. I just think there's too many weapons. And if KD comes back, KD was having an excellent playoff. Um, excellent playoff. Having was playing great in the playoffs until he got hurt. So if KD comes back strong and makes it back, I, I just don't see either the Raptors or the Blazers or the Bucks beating the Warriors. So the Warriors are going to three-peat. There's my prediction. Favorite WWE superstar of 2019 in all time. <clears throat> I'm glad you asked me this. Because since like the superstar shakeup kind of finished up, I've had zero interest in WWE. Everything is such a mess, and I might be problem of the part of the ratings problem. But they're literally just throwing noodles at the wall trying to get them to stick. And the noodles aren't cooked. It's it's so weird right now. I I I'm looking I'm gonna do what I do. I mean I I did what I normally do. Like I get so invested in um Royal Rumble leading up the mania. And the mania's over. And then there's just this drop off, and the thing that bothered me with rest, with uh, what happened in WWE, Kofi winning was amazing. I'm I have a count, I'm counting Kofi's days as champion on my Twitter right now. I'm a couple days behind. I need to post that, but um, the Kofi stuff is cool, but and and Seth versus AJ is exciting. Becky is defending both belts at. Money in the Bank, which is super cool. Love that. But here, the problem is... Oh man, like... With Becky, I, like, with Rhonda just... Obviously, she broke her hand and she's gone. But with Rhonda just piecing out like that... It, it, it didn't hurt the division or anything, but... I don't know, man, like... And then Be- Becky running between two shows, like you're, it almost feels like they're overexposing her. In fact, that's kind of feel like what they've done is they they've now overexposed their hottest wrestler in the company, and it's it really bugs me. Um, I'm interested I'm interested to see how she does at Money in the Bank because what she does Sunday in those two matches are going to be key to where her character goes next. Because obviously she got red hot in 2018. Uh, was red hot going into Mania. Despite WWE's writing working against them. Oh man. But the, I'm beating around the bush. That's a whole nother podcast that I'm eventually going to get to. Uh, so for all my wrestling heads who love my wrestling podcast. Be on the lookout. Because I will be going in on the state of affairs in WWE. Anyway, uh, favorite WWE superstar of 2019. As of right now, my favorite wrestler would have to be Kevin Owens. Um, like I said, um, I mean, 2019's, God, it's almost half over. I'm ruling out a lot of the Becky stuff that we saw. Like, I'm acting like it didn't happen. Because for me, I always considered a WWE season to run from... Um, essentially from the Monday, the Raw after WrestleMania, up until Mania the next year. So for me, like, the season just ended for WWE. So I'm just kind of, it's like preseason 
um, early regular season games to me, you know, so I'm almost like not even counting 2019. So I like Kevin Owens right now. I like what he's done since he's come back. I know he's trying to take the belt off Kofi. Um, I really think Kofi's kind of being hurt with a lack of big E, like with the new day, not being whole and the timing of that injury just sucked. I kind of feel like it hurt his momentum slightly. Not having the whole crew, you know, but I'm waiting to see what happens. I'm hoping that they don't just take it off of Kofi on Sunday and that's it. And he never gets it back. And it's like, Gary, he gave you your moment. So I I don't want that to happen. (sighs) Man, I'm going to say Kevin Owens currently. Becky would still be my favorite wrestler of 2019. And my favorite WWE superstar of all time, well, up until uh, Hulk Hogan called us niggers a few years ago, Hard R, I would have said him. Instead, Morgantown Weather Update, it's raining. Um, instead, my favorite wrestler of all time would be Sean the Heartbreak Kid Michaels. And that wouldn't have even been possible if Sean hadn't came back from his back injury because I thought he was fine when I was younger. I might have grown to like his work um, as I got older, but I really like Sean's second run. Um, even even with him mixing in the religious aspects, and he had some dumbass matches like the God versus, like he was Team God and Vince was like the devil that one time. <sighs> like, uh, you know, there, there's some stinkers, but I mean, we got DX back. For two runs with the the tag team, DX he had some great um, matches with like the likes of Triple H and and what's his face Chris Jericho and and oh great great matches and a great few Chris Jericho JBL Undertaker obviously so Shawn Michaels Shawn Michaels my favorite WWE superstar of all time. Who's going to be the Democratic presidential nominee and who's going to win in 2020? I have a feeling that Biden will win the nomination. I don't think I'm backing Biden at this point. I'm not backing anyone, honestly. I don't know enough about the candidates and there's so many. Uh, So as time goes on, we will get there. But um, I'm going to say Biden wins the nomination. I feel like he's going to be four years too late, though, because I feel like if he had ran following Obama, he probably could have defeated Hillary and had a solid chance of beating Trump um, but or Donald. But Donald's going to win in 2020. I, I, I don't have hope. Favorite book? Hmm. You know what my favorite book is? It's actually a Kevin Smith book. And my answer to this used to be um, immediately The Jordan Rules by Sam Smith. And I still love that book. But my my favorite book that I've read over and over again for many years is called My Boring Ass Life. The Uncomfortably Candid Candid Diary of Kevin Smith. Now, this was his blog, myboringasslife.com, which I believe is still up. He's always kept the site up, um, which I've always appreciated. 
so you can actually go back and read some of these entries. But what it was is he literally was keeping a daily journal of his um his whole life, so to speak, um, as a director and husband and father and stuff like that. And it's just literally his day to day. And the way that he wrote this, those blog posts and eventually edited into a book, it was just oh, silentbobspeaks.com. It's still up. It was so fascinating. And he would literally just track each day and what he did. And the book is hella, and I do mean hella big. Oh, did he lose the, oh man, I wonder if he knows. Maybe I should tweet him. Like, yo, Kev, um, my Silent Bob Speaks is down. He he has favorited a few of my tweets before, so let me see. Let let us hit up Kev Smith. Did you know my did you know the my boring ass wife website is down? Question mark. Also, here's another recommendation. Um, I watched uh, his spoilerific review of Endgame. And it was like an hour of him just sitting there talking about the whole movie, man. And I am the biggest Kevin Smith stand on... One of the biggest Kevin Smith stands on Earth. And it was a great review. It was a great review. I hope that our review lives up to that. I know ours is going to be like five hours long. Longer than the movie. But still... I hope it lives up to that, because that was just quality, how that worked uh, worked out. So, check that out on YouTube. It's on his channel. But, I love my boring-ass life. <clears throat> I shouldn't. There's really no reason for me to love this book, because the book is literally 835 pages. And I just reread it the year we moved in this house three years ago, so I kind of feel like I'm due. I've read this book like five or six times. Can't get enough of it. It's a page turner for me. So that's my answer. My Boring Ass Life by Kevin Smith. Next question from Chris Slater. He's killing it, man. Religion. The real deal or a bunch of nonsense? So the question is not whether I'm religious. The question is whether religion is real if, if there if there's any kind of truth behind the the word so to speak or if it literally is just kind of like this thing that was created by people long ago I was like oh live your life like this and there's and there's this deity and you know something conspiracy theorists could get into that that um just maybe you know, that somebody literally did try to make this form of control years ago, and then it somehow just took hold. But, I, nah, nah, fam, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally pro-religion. It, it's, it's for real. Um, whether you choose to believe in it is obviously up to you. I do um, always have, but, uh, I, I totally believe in religion. I think some, there's some, everybody interprets it different, um, of course, and gets their own kind of, uh, what's the word? Um, they pull what they want from it. So 
the fact that it's not uniform can be interesting. And I'm not talking about like other religions, like uh, Catholic versus a Buddhist. I'm not saying that, but just the different um, denominations, uh, just like Catholic, Baptist, Episcopalian, like just those differences are are, are kind of crazy sometimes. How people interpret it and how that has an effect on how people live their lives. So I I believe in religion. Um, I think there is truth to it. But, um, you know, it's it's up to your own interpretation. But I, I do believe in religion. So it's, uh, it's it's crazy to say say out loud, you know. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, I, I totally believe in religion." And like, I don't. I'm not lying. I'm a religious person. I always said I was more spiritual than religious, though. I always said that, and I still say that. So I'm more spiritual than religious, but I do believe there's something behind all that. There, there's there's more. Now, whether there's more after life ends, I have. I don't want to say I doubt it, but you know, you. It's just a big question of what happens once you die. Obviously, you would think it'd be like, oh, it it, it just ends. That's how. That's what happens when you die. Um, but there's other people that think that there's a heaven and a hell or a purgatory and all those things. So, but no, I, I totally believe that there's there's more to this, and that and that's my belief. Current obsession. I'm glad I got this question now, because when I got asked this question, this is actually from Jason uh, Leverett Saunders, a friend of the show, part of one of the greatest group Facebook Messenger group chats ever that I was invited to by Handsome Bane, say it like maps. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I got asked this now, even though he asked me on April 22nd. I am so glad I got this now because I actually have an answer that is fitting. And I'll tell you all about it after the break. Maps would like that one. Hey, hey, yeah, you. You like comic books, anime and stuff? Sure you do. Who the hell doesn't? And that's why you should listen to a podcast called Fresh. It's like audio cliff notes of ancient texts painstakingly translated by us for you. So do yourself a favor. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Trust me, we're everywhere. So don't forget, it's a podcast called Fresh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and anywhere podcasts are casted. What kind of forever? Welcome back to Hyphen Nation, world's greatest podcast. Back from break. When I left off, Jason... Leverett Saunders had hit me with, what's your current obsession? My current obsession is watching my dude Rad Brad on YouTube play Days Gone. Days Gone is a PS4 exclusive. I'm recommending it now. I'm going to get it. I've been obsessed with watching this game so much. I'm on part 60 of like, I think he's up to 70. Maybe, I think he might have cracked 80. 80 parts of this game and he's finished it but i think he's still doing stuff in this game this game is massive the story sucks you in like i literally sat down because rad brad is a, a gaming youtuber so he will sit down and he'll play he'll play through all these games and like ever since like i've watched like the last part of um 
the final season of uh, Telltale's Walking Dead with him. And I watched his whole Spider-Man run, like, through the whole game and the DLC. Totally checked out all of that. Um, but then... Um, he's been playing different games, and, I, and they just haven't grabbed me, you know? Um, but I checked out this Days Gone, and the first part's an hour. And after that first hour, I was like, I'm in. One trillion percent. So, <laughs> sorry, Fry burned his finger. So right now it's Days Gone. Um, I can't wait to play this game. Again, it's a PS4 exclusive. If you want to check it out, check out Rad Brad's hour. Um, first hour part they did. It's literally called uh, Rad Brad Days Gone Part 1. Start there. Watch that. And if you're... Um, don't feel too weird about watching someone else play a video game. Which I still get questioned on all the time by my wife. Like, I can't believe you to watch other people play games. Like, I'm watching it so I can see if I want to buy it. Like, you know, and then I get sucked in. Um, and then this is exactly what happened. That, that's how I discovered Detroit Become Human. I'm kind of sad I didn't watch Brad's footage of it. I might, I might be going back to Detroit, y'all. Because I watched um, my other YouTube guy who's name is swing point yeah i, I watched swing points uh play through because he did all the multiple endings i started chris move um because he's the one who originally started playing on his channel and then i watched his whole playthrough and i watched swing points difference checks um but i, I might have to watch rad brad play it man because i really like brad he seems like a good dude i'm trying to get him on the pod he won't answer my emails though so i might just have to tweet him and be like uh fam what's up <laughs> So that's my current obsession. It's Days Gone. Watching Days Gone uh, from Rad Brad on YouTube. What albums have you been jamming out to? This is from Paul Herman. Someone else I want to have on this show. Paul, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I ain't listened to shit. <laughs> I really haven't. Like, I was listening to some old Jay-Z stuff recently. Like, I think the last thing I was listening to was... Uh, I listened to Blueprint 2, listened to Kingdom Come, American Gangster. That was like, shit, that felt like February or March when I was doing that. I just listened to so many freaking podcasts, man. Like, I, I'm going to have to force myself again. And I was saying I'm starting the next week, just lay off the freaking podcast for a while and let myself get behind and then get caught up again and just sit and enjoy some music because there's been like four or five times this week where i'm like man i just want to get in the car and listen to some music you know and just ride out and i just can't let myself do it because i have to listen to my podcast not my podcast other people's podcast so so nothing in particular unfortunately I, i'm really sorry that i don't really have anything um here we go mr lamarique michael lamarique coming through with a few questions here <sighs> do you think the Beyonce documentary deserves a hype? Um, still haven't finished it, but I think I made it at least halfway through. That shit's incredible. That shit's incredible. Yes. Yes, you heard me talk about her on episode 96. I think that's when I was um, trying to get into the bay, the beehive. So, yes, it sure does. Now, next question. Lizzo for president, yay or nah? So we're going to have to do something, guys. I have not listened to one Lizzo song at all. 
new ways to search for your voice. Try saying, play some music. Um, oh, I see it. I'm just going to literally type in, oh, wait a minute. Bro, I totally know who this is. Lizzo had a song with Carolyn Smith. I really feel like Eric put me on this a few years ago. And they killed this shit. I think I had it on a Victory Jump Off radio episode. And that shit was so hard. Like you hear right there, it was called Let Em Say. It was definitely on a Victory Jump Off radio. I didn't realize it was the same girl. Well, that's dope. All right, so we're going to do this right now. We are going to we're going to sort by view count with the search of Lizzo. So there's an official video from one year ago has 14 million views called Truth Hurts. This is going to be my first listen to Lizzo. We'll give it about 30 seconds. Eh. Oh, this was in something great. Yeah, this was in someone great. A Gina Rodriguez movie. I've seen enough. Uh, Lamarique, yeah. Lizzo for president. Let's put her up against Trump. Donald. She'll win. Yes. Shit. I need to get up on my Lizzo. Damn. That was amazing. And that was only like 45 seconds. And I'd heard it before in that Someone Great movie. But that, even that little clip of the video was fire, son. So, you know. Next question comes from Mark Bosquet, someone else who's going to be on the podcast at some point. Who is the best movie villain, not in a superhero movie? Oh, wow. Best movie villain who is not in a superhero movie. It's Nibbler. Um... No, it's not Nibbler. That's not my answer. I'm still kind of looking at Futurama. Best movie villain. Does Kill Bill count as superheroes? Because I want to say Bill. Bill was a great fucking villain. In that... Um, I'm gonna leave sci-fi out. I just, I just got it. I just got it. Best movie villain, not in a superhero movie. And this is with me not taking sci-fi out ever. I just said it, but honestly, he there was nothing. While there was sci-fi stuff in the movie, none of the stuff that he actually did to the protagonist was. Because he's of powers or anything like that. Best movie supervillain. Or best movie villain not in a superhero movie. It's Biff Tannen. 
in each of the Back to the Futures, he is the protagonist, the antagonist, and he does a fine damn, a damn fine job at being a villain. He's just great at it. He's awesome. I I love Biff Tannen. That's my answer, Biff Tannen. If you need to know what the hell I'm talking about, go watch Back to the Future, and then Back to the Future Part Two, and Back to the Future Part Three. You're welcome. And then little E, Mr. Catch the Show himself, starts answering questions. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing he was at answering favorite uh, super WWE superstar all the time. His answer is Vader. So there you go. Kayan uh, of It's Like a Podcast or whatever, Cam Patton, he's been on there a few times. He says, how often do you think Beyonce farts on stage? How bad do you think the farts are? And do her backup dancers Keep quiet about it. Um, I'm going to say Beyonce doesn't fart fart. You know, like I, I feel like when you do a show like that, when you're only doing all that dancing and everything and moving, you don't eat something that's not like you were like, man, I'm about to tear in this bean burrito an hour before show. Like, I feel like her diet, um, even when she's not, killing herself like she did for um, Coachella. I feel like her diet wouldn't allow for her to get gassy, if that makes sense. Um, So I don't think she does it very often. If she does, it's very small, and I don't think they're bad. And of course her backup dancers keep quiet. She's Beyonce. Sheesh. (sighs) Oh, and then here comes Mr. E.G. with uh, some more answers. Best movie villain not in a superhero movie, Darth Vader. Jedi's are kind of superheroes. Last documentary watched from Kwame. Kwame Aponsa, my former co-host on the Urban Diner, a hyphen and Kwam show. Someone else I need to get on the pod, Cullen. Man, last documentary I watched... I haven't finished Beyonce. I, I count kind of that's more, more like watching a live performance with some documentary stuff. I think the last documentary I watched was Whitney. No, I watched some of that um Adnan Syed stuff from HBO. Let me get to be able to title of that. Um we I've talked about cereal in here a little bit. Um I the case against uh, um, Adnan Syed. I think he did it. But I did watch some of that. And then... Um, before that, it was uh, Leaving Neverland. Oh, Tyler's sending me some Broadway vocals. Let's check it out on the show. Why not? It's Hamilton. Oh, shit. Oh, dope. Hit Tyler with a holy cow. What do you do when you're podcasting? Answer DMs. Shout out to Queen Herbie. Uh, just dropped EP6. Alright, uh, so, yeah. Last documentary watch would have been Whitney, Case Against Adnan Syed, and Leaving Neverland. Mark Bosquet. Given how poorly the NFL treats its players, why do we still watch? And does continuing to watch put us 
on the side of the owners and against the players. I honestly, um, I've watched a little. I was watching a little of uh, Game Seven of the Blazers and Nuggets when I was in Baltimore last weekend for that Fire Boys the Men concert. Oh my God! I tell y'all about that. Ninety nine. Um, I since we cut the cord, I don't watch as much sports. NFL is the only thing gonna get me to sit down and watch it. But now that I'm not doing fantasy football anymore. I feel like that's going to change, but I still care about the Raiders. I did tune in for the draft for a little of the draft because Anthony was over and it was the night before we went to go same evening we went to end game. So we hung out a little bit there and we watched some of that. It, it's like Marcus says, man, the reason people continue to watch is because it's America's favorite sport. And if you're not watching football then you're not in on the conversation for not watching NFL and no one wants to not be included and does continue to watch put us on the side of the owners and against the players yes it does it absolutely 100% does we are just buying right into the owners plans of taking all of our money and letting players run themselves into the ground All right, back to Chris Slater. So this is a West Virginia question. <clears throat> Should Joe Manchin potentially leave the Senate, the West Virginia Senate, to challenge Jim Justice for governor? Not West Virginia. He's in the actual Senate, United States Senate. So apparently, I think Manchin had two terms as governor. Um, and I, f- I think you can have four terms in West Virginia as governor. Um, just not concurrently. So I guess there was rumors that Manchin may leave the Senate to come back and challenge Jim Justice, who was voted in as a Democratic governor, and immediately, not even 90 days after he got sworn in, he switched his party affiliation to Republican. Uh, So I'm going to say no, there's no point, because uh, Manchin votes Trump for Trump stuff all the time. So it don't matter to me. He he can stay his ass in the Senate. Next Chris Slater question. What are your thoughts on charter schools and should West Virginia try them? Um Angel said it best. Um one of the, the reason that there was a teacher strike again this year is because there's a bill trying to bring charter schools to West Virginia and teachers didn't want that. Main thing that I have learned about charter schools um, is that they take money that's intended for all public schools away from the public schools. And if they start taking money away from the public schools, then public school educations will suffer. So, hell no, we don't need no charter schools. And I'm sure if Angel was here, she'd agree with me. Thoughts on banning straws and the world's reliance on plastics. <sighs> the whole... <laughs> I know there's this big thing now about using reusable straws and shit. Um, and trying to cut down on the plastic and stuff like that. I think it's a good idea, but a part of me feels like it's too little too late. 
unfortunately. So there's that. Uh, I don't know, man. I like I, I think recycling is a great idea too, but if we had been recycling fifty years earlier, what kind of shape would the planet be in then versus now? So I hope it's not too little, too late. I'm all for it. I haven't. I'm not doing my part, so to speak. But if uh, that's how you're rolling and you're trying to reduce your footprint, so to speak, then super dope. Uh, do what you gotta do. What should happen to Luke Walton if the allegations against him were found to be credible? All right, I don't know if I meant to look this up. What allegations? Apparently, Luke Walton has sexual assault allegations against him. Um, obviously, he's not the Lakers coach anymore. He's the Kings coach now. Um, and then a quick update on Luke Walton here. I believe I saw something that said... So the, the Kings and the NBA are investigating Luke Walton... And so I don't know. Didn't look like that she's actually brought charges against him. <sighs> so I, I think she just brought them. Yeah, so there's no charge. She has, or no, right here. Accuser files lawsuit April 23rd. That's what I was looking for. So, yeah, the, the question was... What should happen to Luke Walton? I mean, if they're found to be credible, obviously he needs to be fired by the Kings. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's why the uh, Lakers got rid of him. I don't know if they saw that coming down the bend or they were just disappointed in how the team responded to him with LeBron there. Obviously they needed more help. They didn't gel. LeBron getting hurt for the first time in years didn't help. But, yeah, um, you know... He needs to be fired, and he needs to he needs to be uh, charged with something, and we'll see what happens. Um, it it's crazy, but I mean, you you can't trust anybody. <laughs> anybody could be a freaking trash. That's what I'm looking for. Anybody can be trash. That's the word I'm looking for. Jason Kidd to the Lakers. Another one from Chris Slater. Yay or nay? Obviously, that is a semi-yay because the Lakers hired Boylan, I believe. No, that's the... Oh, that's the Bulls coach. Um, oh, Frank Vogel. The Lakers hired Frank Vogel as their coach, who I always liked. Um, I liked what he had done in Indiana when LeBron was in Miami. I thought he did a really good job. Uh, I'm trying to remember if he actually coached anywhere else. Oh, up there it is, Orlando Magic. So, uh, Pacers, he's at the Magic, and they fired him at the end of the 2018 season. So, he's the head coach of the Lakers, and then Jason Kidd has been hired on the staff of the Lakers. I'm fine with that. It doesn't really bother me at all. Um, Kidd had his troubles in Milwaukee and... New Jersey and stuff like that, or is it Brooklyn? I don't know. It's one or the other. But it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I don't know whether he's kind of like 
a coach in training at this point, you know, like let Vogel have it for a while. And if he doesn't work out, then we'll just promote kid. And it doesn't bother me. Uh, I think the Lakers are Vogel's a step in the right direction. I think, cause like I said, I liked his work in Indiana. His Orlando work was not memorable cause I couldn't remember it. So all the best to the Lakers, I guess. I mean, the Bulls will still be trash next year. So whatever. How long do you think Tom Brady can keep going at an elite level? Um, I don't know, man. Everybody's waiting for this decline to happen, and there's been no decline. He's, what, 42 now? So I talked about this a few pods ago about, and I, lo and behold, I was reading some show descriptions. Apparently I talked about this before, about comparing Tom Brady to Jordan and stuff like that. What he's done is incredible. Yeah, he's on the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots always win, but the body of work is just too hard to ignore. I think, honestly, it's kind of like, it's definitely ticking time bomb. I don't think we'll see Brady get to the point where his skills diminish. I really think, and I'd hate to see him go out this way, but I think he'll he'll suffer a major injury and not be able to come back or just be like, I there's no point in me coming back, which is a sucky way for a Hall of Fame career to end. But it's the NFL, and all it takes is one hit, man. As you saw with a uh, old boy in uh, Washington this year, um, who had the same oh um, Alex Smith, who had the same kind of crazy injury that Joe Theismann had with the Red the Redskins, the Washington Football Team. So. I would personally like to see him be able to kind of um, end it on his terms, but I don't think it will. So I think it'll be an injury, but I say at least two more seasons of elite level. But you just never know. Chances of success for the XFL, they're really low. (laughs) I know that they're properly planning this before compared to now. We saw what happened with... um, that other football league that recently folded. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of the name of them. Let's see. Other professional football league. Can I call it professional? Other professional football leagues. There we go. Uh, what was that called? Dang, I already forgot. <laughs> uh, AAF. Was that what it was called? Alliance for... Yeah, the Alliance for American Football is what it was called, and it's already disbanded. It only ran for, what, four weeks? Everybody was kind of hyped about it the first week, and then their game started getting shuffled around. It was supposed to be like, oh, they're going to be on national TV this night, and then they're getting moved around and view viewers. Uh, yeah, the viewers went away a little bit. It's going to be real tough. The demand for more football is there. But if it's not properly done, it's not going to work. Vince is the guy to do it. And having this kind of rollout for before the actual game start, I believe they start next summer. It'll help compared to the original XFL because I feel like they slapped that together within a year, if I recall correctly, from the 30 for 30 doc. So we'll see what happens, man. Like the XFL did get through a whole season before they disbanded. 
Um, didn't they? Yeah, I think there was a championship played and it was horrible. Um, so so we will see. I I don't have high hopes though. I feel like I don't know. I feel like Vince isn't the right guy. And the main thing is that the product didn't stand up to the NFL, then it's never going to work. And and that's a a big issue that has to um it has to be at NFL level. It's got to be interesting. It can't be no gimmicks. And I think that's something the XFL is trying to get away from. They don't want there to be gimmicks this time out. But it's just got to work, man. And it's it and people's got to have faith in it. And they they got to keep people coming back because. One thing the NFL has against any other professional football league is they have, what, almost 100 years at this point of of existence and being the National uh, Football League, essentially. So if they can keep people interested and have good talent on the field, they have a chance. But it, it's a it's a very slim shot, man. It's like... A podcast or whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have... I can't even compare it. it it's just a it's, a... it's essentially the same if you've seen one. It, it's like James McAvoy's character being able to shoot... Um, What's-His-Face in the head. Oh, I, I just called him What's-His-Face. Wow, Morgan Freeman's character in the head at the end of the movie. That crazy shot. I know you can bend bullets and everything, but... Eh, whatever. That's <laughs> that kind of shot. So again, high hopes I do not have. Not for that. Uh, let's keep rolling on, man. Making some good headway here. Try to find some more questions. All right, here we go. Uh, Mark Bosquet, he came back with, should the NBA pull a Ewing this draft? The guaranteed Zion go- goes to the Knicks. For those of you who are unfamiliar... There's always been a conspiracy that the NBA rigged the 1985 NBA draft lottery, the first NBA draft lottery, so that Patrick Ewing, would, who was the consensus number one pick coming out of Georgetown after, he leave after three years or four years? I think he left after three because he was in the 82 championship game. He lost to uh, Jordan in the um, Tar Heels. He's in the 83 game, um, and that's when they lost to no, I think they beat, I can't remember. They're in 83 game, and then they're in 84 game, too. He might have stayed four years. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The thing is, it's been said that the NBA rigged it so that the New York Knicks, who have been were terrible for years, like their first time, that last time they were good at that point was the early 70s, like when they had Bill Bradley in. Willis Reed and my man Walt Clyde Frazier and Dave the Busher. Once those teams aged out, the Knicks were terrible ever since. And by getting Patrick Ewing, it was supposed to be a resurrection for the franchise. And it was. The Knicks were good for a few seasons after Patrick got there. They were never really great. And then once Pat Riley came on board in 91, that's when things really turned around. And they were competing. Even when Riley went to Miami and they had Van Gundy. The Knicks were competing um, up until the 2000s, essentially, because they, they traded away Pat and 
they were a shell of their former competitive selves, and they've never been good since, other than a brief blip with Mello and Stoudemire. Uh, and, but there's been conspiracies about a frozen envelope. Like, they literally froze the envelope the Knicks car was in so that when David Stern reached in there, he would know which car was the Knicks because he literally reached in this thing that had been spun around and dug a little bit, and then he pulled out the Knicks um, card saying they had the number one draft pick in 85. Ah, oh, man. Uh, as we all know now, the draft was not rigged for the Knicks, who have the third pick. But it was rigged for the New Orleans Hornets. And this is, oh, excuse me, the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, this is a fun time to get into a little conspiracy theory there. Now, some of you may recall, Chris Paul was traded from the then Hornets to the Lakers. And it was this huge deal that would unite Kobe and Chris Paul in L.A. and keep the Lakers essentially competitive as they uh, started to age during their uh, second championship run of 2009-2010. And he was a Laker for a couple, maybe an hour or so, and then the league actually owned the Hornets at the time, the New Orleans Hornets, because they were in between owners, and they literally owned the team. And they they weren't in charge of the GM, but they literally owned the team up until it was bought by, I think the same ownership has it now. But but here's the thing. So David Stern reversed the trade for basketball reasons because the league owned the, owned the Pelicans and everybody's in an uproar. People are still in an uproar about it, saying that it wasn't fair and they've never rejected a trade for this reason. But here's the thing. The league owned the Pelicans, okay? And if you're trying to get someone to buy a NBA franchise – Trading away the biggest asset is really difficult to uh, sell to somebody when you've gotten rid of uh, your star player. Now, I don't know if if the ownership came in before Chris Paul got traded to the Clippers or not, Um, but essentially the Clippers came and got, got the deal done, and they ended up with Chris Paul, and we all saw what happened with Lob City and him ultimately leaving uh, two seasons ago before he uh, signed with Houston. And he's still sitting at home because Chris Paul's not elite. So I I personally feel like with the Anthony Davis situation, everything going on with him saying he didn't want to be there, and then the Lakers... I feel like the Lakers botched the trade, but at the same time, it was just too much information flying around about how much they want Anthony Davis. They held on to him. Anthony Davis don't want to be there. He's been there his whole career feel like the franchise isn't going anywhere, similar to Chris Paul. And with that said, I kind of feel like the NBA wanted the Pelicans to be able to rebuild once Davis leaves, because I think he's an unrestricted free agent this summer, so I think he can sign anywhere he wants. And they want to they wanna give the New Orleans market something to be excited about. So I think they gift-wrapped Zion to the Pelicans. Um... Otherwise, maybe the Knicks would be sitting number one. Next question. Bigger diva position. NFL wide receiver or NBA point guard? NFL wide receiver for sure. In case y'all ain't heard, Antonio Brown, formerly of the Steelers, is now part of my Raiders, is pretty much showed his ass the whole way out of Pittsburgh. 
and now he's a Raider, and I'm not super thrilled with that, but whatever. No big deal. Um, but man, like you, you run run down a list of diva wide receivers in the league right now. You got Antonio Brown, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Even though he's a Brown now, he's still a diva. Uh, you got the shit that Des has done in the past as Bryant. Yeah, he had that tough injury after he just signed with. God, I don't remember who he signed with. It was, was it the Saints? He had signed with the Saints, and everybody said to see him play with uh, Drew Brees and everything. And yeah, he, he uh, tore his Achilles. So we'll see how he comes back. Um, it, it, I don't know what it is, man. Like the and if take it even further back, Terrell Owens, huge diva. Michael Irvin, huge diva. Uh, Jerry Rice is not a diva. Neither was Tim Brown. But there, there's just there's just the wide receiver, the quarterback gets all the glory, the running back gets the respect for the yards and stuff. But the wide receiver just he he's the one that gets all the highlights. He's the one that catches the bombs or makes the great uh, cut to get to the end zone. He, like he's the flashiest player in the field, honestly, next to a defensive end who's crushing quarterbacks or an elite cornerback. He gets to make the highlight play, so, and he's the one that teams rely on when third and long rolls around. Like they want to get the ball to their star receiver, and it goes to their head, man. Like I feel like Juju's a little bit of one now. They're like I feel like you have to kind of have that uh, confidence, that cockiness to go with everything, like being a star wide receiver. But it's been a long time. I don't even want to say a long time, but. Julio, Julio would be one that's not too much of a diva, honestly. Because if you think about Julio, Julio is incredible when he can get open. <laughs> but you don't hear too much about Julio's antics, man. Julio just goes out there and plays football. And that's what's most important to him. So compare that to NBA point guards. When it comes to them being divas, you don't see the same level of absurdity like I'm the franchise and everything like that. Chris Paul has tried to exhibit that, but the the divaness comes in, I guess, when it stuff on the floor, like the crying and the whining and wanting people to cater to him and stuff like that. But you just don't see the same kind of exuberant, over the top antics from a point guard. Uh, maybe more in the 90s, like when you think about Gary Payton, late 90s, early 2000s, you think about Iverson, you think about Marbury, and how they all thought that the franchise rode on their shoulders, and for Iverson it did, for Payton it did, until skills started to diminish. Marbury always thought he was a star. He was a star, but he didn't learn how to be a better basketball player until he went overseas and he won all those championships and league MVPs over in China and stuff. So I'm going to say the NFL wide receiver is definitely the more diva position. Who would you most like to have running your NBA franchise? MJ, Magic, or Vlade Divac? Wow. Um, well, Center Magic quit. I'm not going to say him. Vlade, like, don't, Quote me on this, but I feel like the Kings had their best season in years, and they just missed the playoffs. They like, had their best competitive team in years, 
and seasons. And Vlade fired the coach. I think the GM fires the coach, right? Um, maybe it's the owner. But they fired their coach, and who knows what they're going to do this offseason, but they might be breaking it down. Like, I feel like the Kings don't want to be competitive. They brought in Luke Walton, of course, which isn't that bad, but with his allegations and stuff, who knows how that's going to go. So... I, I feel like the Kings just don't want to pay to be good. And they're just taking the people of Sacramento for granted. Because Sacramento almost lost the Kings to Seattle and they would have re-became, re-became they would have become again Seattle Supersonics, who I sorely miss. My second favorite NBA franchise of all time. The Bulls are my team, of course. I always had a love for the Sonics because of Kemp and Peyton. Um didn't really care too much after that other than Ray Allen being on the team. I have a Ray Allen Sonics jersey still. And then finally um oh then my other team that I like is the Charlotte Hornets. I like the Charlotte Hornets one because I've always loved the Hornets. Love love the the team and the Larry Johnson years and the Glenn Rice years and Alonzo Morning years. And then they moved to New Orleans and that sucked. I didn't care about the Bobcats. The Bobcats are trash. But then the Hornets became the Pelicans. Bobcats got the name back. And MJ runs the team. So Charlotte will be my next favorite NBA franchise. So I'm going to say MJ. I feel like with the right situation, an MJ franchise could potentially um, be successful. So I'm going to go with Michael Jordan, which is no surprise. Which sport has more pro-Trump supporters, golf or NASCAR? That's not even close. <laughs> well, well, maybe it's closer than I think. Um, I want to say NASCAR because I feel like a large number of Trump's base actually comes from the, a NASCAR fan, and I'm talking about those middle to lower class um, white Americans, like several that live in my state, of course, who didn't want the black guy anymore and they weren't going to get him anymore, but didn't want to have the black president, didn't want to have the female president and Hillary. And they were listening to Trump's rhetoric and they bought into it. And here we are. I feel like on the golf side, there's more rich supporters, but I definitely feel like Trump's base, as much as the rich love Trump, I feel like more people appreciate, uh, more people who are in NASCAR appreciate Donald. So I'm going to go with NASCAR. Aliens kidnap you and tell you they will give you the cure for all forms of cancer, but you have to spend every moment for the rest of your life dressed in the clothes of a fast food mascot. Who you got? Ronald McDonald, Colonel Sanders, the Burger King, Jack in a Box, or Wendy? Wow. I would have to pick... Actually, let's take a break. I'll answer when we come back. It's like sound advice, or whatever. It's like comics, conventions, and cosplay. Or whatever. It's like ladies night. Or whatever. It's like wrestling. Or whatever. It's like parenting. Or whatever. It's like anime. Or whatever. 
it's like spiritual warfare or whatever it's like great friends awesome people coming around doing what we do best or whatever you should watch listen and follow or whatever it's like a podcast or whatever welcome back to the barack obama approved world's greatest podcast hyphen nation i'm your host kellen conley You've been uh, waiting for a podcast host like me. Actually, you should um, already know that I'm the host of Hyphen Nation because hopefully you've been listening. But to answer the question about what mascot would I spend the rest of my life dressed as if aliens gave me the choice to cure all forms of cancer, I don't want to be dressed as a clown. Black Colonel Sanders. This feels weird. I'm going to go with Jack in the Box. Uh, I can at least put on that ginormous head and for the most part kind of hide my identity or whatever. So if I got to wake up every morning and be Jack in the Box for cancer to be cured, it's going to be Jack in the Box. There's your answer. Um... Eric Jordan Jr. came through real quick with an answer. He said, the colonel's look is kind of fly on the right person. Just something to think about. And then uh, Thomas DJ of Better in the Dark fame and several podcasts over at, um, he's on Dread Media sometimes, ran by my friend uh, Des Reddick. He's on at least two shows on two um, on the Two True Freaks podcast network. I've actually uh, ran some ran some promos for that show here or there. Um, or his new show about the Avengers, the Emma Peel uh, Avengers. Uh, he, he chimed in and he said, I think I would endure dressing as Wendy if it meant I could get cozy up to Morgan Smith. For those of you who don't know, Morgan Smith is uh, the... I think she's really a blonde, but she was the Wendy spokeswoman for several years, and she was the girl with the bright red head who hair head bright red hair who would be on the Wendy's commercials. She doesn't do it anymore, uh, but that's who we're talking about there. Uh, and there's a shout out to Shirley Manson, Shirley Manson. So shout out to Shirley Manson, and then we get back to Chris Slater. Favorite subject in school. Recess. <laughs> no, honestly, um, favorite subject in school would have had to be when I was younger. I would say it was uh, always enjoyed, always liked art class. That's a cop out, but I was definitely in art when I was younger. Uh, reading in English wasn't too bad then. As I got into junior high and high school, English was something I got into because I was, I, I loved reading and and uh, the thought process that went into the that and um, the, the phonics of things. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it was English and reading. Uh, I did like geography when I was younger. Um, another subject I've always been really big on I didn't realize I was big into it until I probably until I was older when I realized how much I remembered and 
then also how much time I realize I will spend on Wikipedia reading about it. I love history. Um, not as good at West Virginia history as as uh, Angel is, but I know a little something there. But I I just love world history. You know, not even world history. It's, it's mostly American history. But um, I can be sucked in by a good world history story too. So um, Hamilton got me into reading about all kinds of stuff around that time. Uh, what, what was I trying? I think it was the, not the, 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 um, oh, what was the, oh, I was reading about the, um, the war that France got into that America stayed out of. Um, I was reading about that a little bit during, when I was really big on Hamilton. I'm still big on Hamilton. I just hate listening to it constantly. So I, I want to say that history is up there. I just didn't realize it at the time. Worst piece of advice you ever received from Chris Slater? Oh, man. Worst piece of advice. Huh. Um. Man. Worst piece of advice I ever received. It's tough. Because I'm not sure. Has anyone ever given me some real bad advice? Like... I, I just... I can't think of it. I'm trying to think of my friends ever set me up. Anything like that. Oh, oh, man. Uh, worst piece of advice I ever received. I don't know. I've gotten a lot of good advice. I didn't always listen to it. But... I've gotten a lot of good advice. But worst advice I ever received? I, I guess the whole... Here's one. I don't know who said it, but there was a school of thought that was floated around me that girls would like you more if you were mean to them. And that never worked for me. <laughs> So I'm going to say that. I don't remember when I heard that. So, worst advice you ever gave. This is from Jason, who chimed in earlier. Uh, Jason Leverett Saunders. Worst piece of advice I ever gave. I've given plenty of bad fancy football advice. Even good fancy football advice, too, though. I'm, I'm trying to think of something that had like some dire consequences for somebody because they listen to me. Thankfully, there hasn't been anything like that where things were just so bad that just based off of something I did.
I don't really know. What bad if I, like, I always tell people stay in school, don't do drugs, you know, don't drink and drive. I don't, I don't think, I can't think of anything. If anything comes to me, I'll update y'all, but I don't, I'm not trying to say I'm perfect. I'm sure there's bad advice I've given, but, you know, it doesn't, doesn't always work out that it comes back to you. So George Gerbo. <clears throat> Episode 88 alumni, George Gerbo, the Howitzer Gerbo, came through and he said, you get to pick three rappers, living or dead, to collab with you on a track. Who are they? <sighs> well, first and foremost, I don't feel like I would deserve to be on a track with these rappers. But I'm going to say Biggie. Gotta have Biggie on there. So you can mop mop the floor with me real quick. So Biggie. Then I'm gonna say. Huh. Another rapper. Jay-Z would be the obvious choice. You know, it's like, oh, of course they says Jay-Z. Do I wanna say Jay-Z though? Memphis Bleak. And that's probably going to surprise some people. I love Myth Blake, man. Um, I, and I always felt like his features um, were top-notch stuff. Like, you can't listen to Just Fire, The Rock, from Come Home With Me, Cameron's album, and not tell me that he didn't kill it. My break, I'm fresh off it. I never change. I'm stuck in my ways. Night gas, sweats, and Taurus. <sighs> Come on, bro. And then the, the joint from Belly. The crew love. He was like, yeah, I smoke weed now. I don't give a fuck. Also, coke guns in case my drum pop up. It's crew love. I spit two at every few thugs. So Bleak is definitely one. So it'd be Bleak and Biggie. And then another rapper who I'd want to collab with, Living or Dead, would be... I'm not saying Hove. I'm not saying Nas. Snoop. Let's throw Snoop on there. Snoop's always fun. Thoughts on a Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? Uh, Sonic looks weird. I don't know if it's true that they're redoing the CGI, but Sonic looks weird. And Jim Carrey killed it as Robotnik. I'm really excited to eventually see him as Robotnik. I'm not going to pay for this in the theaters, but I do plan on seeing it. I, I just thought what came across from Jim Carrey was amazing. And seeing a vintage Jim Carrey performance like that uh, just seems like a good time. So I'm all in on Robotnik. The trailer didn't look that bad. I feel bad that my dude, um, what's Cyclops' name? James Marston. He always ends up in the weird-ass roles, man. He's either Cyclops and the movie's really about Gene and Wolverine's love or... He's in The Notebook, and he's Rachel McAdams' fiancé, but of course she chooses Noah. Or he is in 27 Dresses, and he actually did win a girl in that one. He was in um, Enchanted, and of course he didn't get the girl there. He was also evil in that. I just feel like he never gets a good role, man. Now he's a sidekick to a CGI hedgehog, so I feel bad for him. I'm not optimistic about this movie, though. Like I said, I feel like 
I feel like uh, Jim Carrey will kill it. I don't know if we're redoing the CGI, but I just don't. This isn't the Mobius I grew up with, man. Why, why can't we do a Mobius Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Why does it got to be set in the real world and everything like that? So I, I just don't think it's it's a good look. Favorite comedian, and again from Chris Slater, and these next few will be from Chris Slater because he came through and killed it. Every time I came, I asked him, said, hey, can you want to throw anything in here? And Chris was nailing it, man. So favorite comedian of all time, it would be Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor slash George Carlin. And currently, my favorite comedian, it would be Aziz Ansari, man. Um, of course, Aziz is back out on the road. He's, from what I've heard, he's owning what happened with that bad date where he was forcing himself on the girl. Eventually, he did stop. He didn't assault her or anything, but she was left uncomfortable from the date. So... Aziz is definitely there. And then uh, my next favorite comedian would probably be. Man, who's somebody I really like now? Well, Chappelle is always a favorite of mine. But no, I'm, I'm going to I'm just going to go with Aziz. And. Uh, there's no one else I can think of. Should marijuana be legalized? Yep, Absolutely. And we need to get that tax money because it could benefit a lot of people if we're getting that tax money, in my person, in my opinion. Um, of course, they're going to water down the product, but yes, marijuana should be legalized. And thoughts on AOC as politician and media personality. For those not in the know, AOC is, her name is Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, and she um, is, she's in the U.S. Representatives for New York's 14th Congressional District. Uh, she was a surprise winner last November. Was that November when she won? I don't know how long she's been in there. Um, but since she's come on board, she has been a firecracker for the Democrats because she has this Green New Deal that she's uh, proposing. We move into action, and I don't have any kind of, um, unfortunately, I don't have any kind of, uh, any kind of, uh, I can't tell you exactly what it is, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I know that sounds weird, but, um, you know, like, she, she's very vocal, she's young, and a lot of young people are drawn to her. I know a lot of people are out there calling her a, um, oh, I don't want to say a communist. Uh, let's go to Wikipedia. What do people always call her? And she always gets crap about. Um, oh, I can't remember it. But she gets a lot of opposition from Republicans. They, they feel like she's um, essentially not... Well, she's a Democrat. Oh, see, <laughs> this is bad already. There's a lot of Republicans that don't like her. There's a lot of Democrats that don't like her. They feel like she's too middle of the road. I think that's the right word. And so, wow. God, this, this has been horrible. I don't know shit about AOC other than I think she's kind of cute and she's a Democrat and she's in the House of Representatives. But I do like how outspoken she is. I 
Um, I think it's amazing how she climbed to the top and won the election. I need to watch a documentary that's on Netflix about her. Um, and I, I think she's she's good, man, because there needs to be a youth mo- movement in in the Senate and stuff, and in the House, and there there need there needs to be needs to be able to be seen for young people need to be able to see that someone their age is out there fighting for them on the front lines like her. So I think she's good for um, changing voter apathy. So I don't have any problems with her. Um, I know some people have problems with her. Nikki's not the biggest fan. Um, And that's my sister-in-law who was on episode 25 way, way long time ago. But I like her. Um, Keeping my eye on her, hoping that she has a bright political future. So we'll see what happens for her. Favorite casual dining chain restaurant. God, I've watched that AOC topic. Let me see, man. Casual dining. Go-to restaurant. It would have to be... Hmm. No matter what city I'm in, I know I can eat there. Like I love this food. Roadhouse, Texas Roadhouse will be one. Um, I'm pretty sure they've they've gone more national. Applebee's is a solid choice. I'm not big on Applebee's in town, but honestly, I can always find something good to eat at Applebee's. Not big on TGI Fridays. Ruby Tuesdays are a big man for me most of the time. Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel is always a good one, too. So Cracker Barrel and Texas Roadhouse. I'm going to say those. Is CM Punk ever going to going back to wrestling, either on a full-time or part-time basis? And also thoughts on his mass indie show run-in. I have come... I've kind of flipped on my stance on CM Punk because not long ago I said I was mad at him Apparently he said he paid Colt's medical bills, Colt Cabana from the lawsuit, not medical bills, law his uh legal fees from uh the WWE trial. He didn't do it, and then Colt countersued him for the fees, so they're in court now about it. Uh, I don't know what was said. I've always felt like the one thing Punk had going for him was he was a stand-up guy, so. I, I don't know, man. I just always felt like he would be someone who, what's the word? I don't, like, I just didn't feel like he would do that to his friend. Uh, I don't know if he went to trial yet or anything like that. I don't think they have. If Punk really did promise that to his to his friend, former friend, and then come through, I think that's still shitty, and that's why I call him Phil. If that's not what happened, and we will never know, honestly. Like, we won't know, even in the court of law, if, take, if Punk wins the case. We won't know what was actually promised to Colt and things like that. Uh, I Do I think he'll ever come back? It's been five years, fam. Five years without CM Punk wrestling. 
don't know, man. Like he's he's supposedly commentating for MMA now, and I don't know if his MMA career is over or not. <sighs> but but I just I just don't know. I. He's constantly said he's done with pro wrestling. I don't. I don't think he misses it. He doesn't miss the travel. He likes being home, Chicago. He likes training. Um. Mixed martial arts, and he enjoys his life now. I definitely feel like he's happier than he was before. So I I don't know. I don't know if he's happier. Well, not that he's happier. I don't know that... Sorry, I'm looking at Futurama. <laughs> I, I just don't... I don't think he misses it enough, to be honest. I don't think he misses the wear and tear. I know that he probably misses the fans. He misses... He probably misses the simple things when it comes to wrestling. He... he the shit that he lived for was always in the ring and the characters and the mic work. That was the stuff that Punk always liked. And I guess we'll just have to wait and see because I really feel like if he's going to show back up for anything, it would be AEW. But if he doesn't show up within the next year for AEW, then I don't even say year. If he doesn't show up in the next six months once AEW launches here, I'm in a few days. I I just don't think he's coming back to pro wrestling. I think he's done it. I I, I don't even think he'll be the guy to come back and eventually, um, you know, be like, I'm 50 now and I'm going to come back and wrestle one more WWE match. I'd like to think he'll mend his fences with WWE at some point because I feel like despite it being a fake accolade or whatever, I feel like he should be in a WWE Hall of Fame. But I don't think he'll ever come back. And if he ran in at that indie show, I thought that was really cool. At first, I thought it was signaling some kind of comeback in the ring, but it turns out it was like the last wrestling show at that venue that was a wrestling venue for years. So I can understand him just wanting to be a part of it and be done with it. So I don't I don't think there's anything else to it. I thought that was cool that he did that. And that's about it. That's where we have to leave it. Next question. I'm just sliding down here. Damn. God, that punk topic was rough too. Let's pick it back up. Do you remember a time when every WWW when every WVU football fan in the state hated Bill Stewart? But then suddenly turned him into a legend of biblical proportions when he died? Yes, because I was one of them. <laughs> Not quite. Um, my problem with Bill Stewart, and for those of you who don't know, Bill Stewart was the head coach who took over after Rich Rodriguez left in 2007. And he was the coach for years and eventually brought in a coach in waiting who happened to be Dana fucking Holgerson, who I always hated. And then he was for, he was let go 
And then, like, not that long after he was pushed out, he died randomly. It was just out of nowhere. And everybody praises him and things like that. Here's my problem with Bill Stewart, man. Bill Stewart was a fine football coach. He was there when WVU football needed him. They needed someone to step up and take Rich's place. And he went into that Sugar Bowl. Was that the Orange Bowl? It was the Sugar Bowl. Wasn't it? Let's see. Was it the Sugar Or was Sugar Bowl the one that Rich won that first year? God bless America. Hold on. Podcasting 101, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Roanoke, West Virginia. You mean Roanoke? Is there a Roanoke, West Virginia? I don't even know. But let's see. Fiesta Bowl. So, Rich Rod took the Michigan job. WVU had already made the Fiesta Bowl. And then we went out and crushed um, that team in the oh the Oklahoma the number three Oklahoma Sooners forty eight to twenty eight we crushed them in the Fiesta Bowl and it was awesome he gave that amazing speech of course it was that hold the line speech um and everybody's like yeah this is our guy look what he did in the Rose Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl he also took over Rich's team that was literally a touchdown away from going to the national championship game if they hadn't shit the bit against Pitt so bad. And I have my worries about that being a freaking rigged-ass game, too. So there's that. Um, but then once he took over, the, the problem with the team is the team still had the talent. <sighs> and they were fine. But the, the problem was... He was always so damn happy for me. Like, it just would make me so mad watching Mountaineers games. And the team be fucking up. Interceptions, fumbles, team scoring touchdowns. And they'd show Bill. And you know a normal football coach, or a normal coach in general, when things aren't going well, he looks like things aren't going well. Bill would just smile and be, and just seem like everything was okay. And I was like, yo, the players do not, he didn't motivate the players. They don't give a shit about Bill Stewart. It's like, oh, Bill don't care. Whatever. And it, it showed on the field. And I, I just felt like there was this big sense of apathy that took over the program. And watching us blow big games um, constantly just sucks. Just sucked as a Mountaineers fan, especially coming off of uh, four seasons of Pat White. And even the last season Pat was there, watching how Bill handled it and when Pat would screw up, like... He wouldn't even, he wouldn't do anything about it. It was stupid. It was just made me so angry. So I was definitely vocal on Twitter about Bill Stewart needing to be fired. And people would be like, oh, you're, you're just hating on Bill Stewart. He didn't need to be fired. I'm like, no, he needs to be fired. And Angel would say, well, he, he's such a nice guy. And yeah, I think he's a good coach. I'm like, I don't think he is. <laughs> and eventually the, um, Athletic department saw that, and that's when you brought in, um, they brought in Dana, and everybody's so excited about Dana, and then we saw how that turned out. A bunch of disappointment there, too. But it, it just killed me that 
I just felt like there was so much potential there for Bill. And he just never seemed to want to be hard on the players. And that just showed on the field. So, and then when he died the way he did of a heart attack, I got it up now. He definitely passed of a, a un, not an unplanned heart attack. Stewart died on May 21st, 2012 of a parent heart attack. After collapsing while playing golf with former WVU athletic director Ed Passalong at Stonewall Resort near Roanoke, West Virginia. Is there Roanoke, West Virginia? Dang, I thought there was only Roanoke, Virginia. Learn something every day. I just said I knew stuff about West Virginia history. I lied. Um, so, so, yeah, he was taken nearby a hospital in, in Weston where he was pronounced dead. Um, so he just had this out-of-nowhere heart attack. I mean, your man was 59. And that was seven years ago now. So, and when I have everybody, I'm like, oh, my God, Bill Stewart died. And everybody who was in agreement with me that Bill needed to go, suddenly it became Bill was this great coach. And <sighs> Bill was fine. God rest his soul. But he never should have been. He wasn't the solution in day, at WVU. They eventually realized it. It should have been corrected way before it was. So yes, I remember when everybody in the state hated Bill um, Stewart because I was one of them. Chris Slater, should assisted suicide be legal for people with terminal illness? We basically do it with our pets, so why not our grandparents? Wow, how did I not read this? Shit. That's wild. Um... Damn. So he's talking about how, like, with our pets, when they get sick and they get old and they're not going to, their quality of life is declining and they're not going to do well for themselves anymore. We put them down. He's essentially saying, why not do that for our grandparents? Shit. And the first thing is to come to mind, like, it's not humane, but... How humane is it to let them sit there and suffer for X amount of time until they pass away? Damn. Wow. Shit. Um. God, it, it has to be heavily... God, it's just uh, the problem with this is I feel like the lines get too blurry. And with the lines blurry, that's when bad things happen, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. <sighs> um wow. God. It, it's just too blurry of a line to actually do it, but I see his point. I would feel like if I get to a point where I where I'm not me anymore, you know, and I'm not talking about like a bad knee or anything like that. But if like I had dementia or Alzheimer's and you know, just I, I don't have control of my faculties anymore. I I can't control my, like, I don't know, like, 
just where do you draw the line, you know? And he did say terminal illness. So it's essentially saying, hey, grandma has cancer and it's incurable. Why make grandma live the next six months while we're waiting for the cancer to kill her? Like, so terminal illness, I'm going to say, yeah, I think the choice should be there. But as far as uh, just getting old and it's like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to live in this home. No. You know, like, it's such a blurry line. Vince Carter announced he's coming back to the NBA next season. Should he sign with a contender or stay with a young team like the Hawks? Vince is going to stay wherever someone will have him, to be completely honest with you. Um, I think Vince would love to win a title, but at the same time, he's not a title piece. He's passed, He's been past that for a long time. And he's also... He wants to also play. He's not someone who just wants to be on... He's not going to go sign with the Warriors and get a ring to sit on their bench. That's not the kind of guy Vince is. Vince would love to win an NBA championship, but he also wants to contribute. So I see him signing with whoever will have him. If the Hawks have him back, he'll re-sign there. I don't even know if he's a free agent. I'm guessing it is from this question. But he just wants to be somewhere where he can contribute and still play basketball. I think that's most important to him. Who is the best NBA player who never won a championship? Carl Malone, John Stockton, Charles Barkley, somebody else. Grant Hill. I've been thinking about Grant Hill a lot lately. Um, I, I just keep thinking about how good he was from 94 until 2000. And then all the ankle issues just derailed him for all those seasons. And even the fact he was able to come back and contribute for as long as he did on those various teams later in his career was still incredible. But Grant, man, like, he was just so stinking good. Like, he was my favorite player when Jordan was out of the league. And he was still one of my favorite players when Jordan came back. Grant Hill was something to behold. Like, uh, you would look forward to the Pistons highlights every night on, or every next morning for me on SportsCenter just to see what Grant Hill did. Because Grant had that Scottie Pippen, he was very much built in a Scottie Pippen frame. Like, he wasn't the defender Scottie was, but he could, he could score. He had the highlights of a Jordan. He was um, a laid-back guy, but at the same time, he wasn't soft. Like, he cared about winning. He he just put it on all on the line like every single night, I feel like. And did that up until um you know, until his ankles gave out on him. So I'm gonna go with Grant Hill, man. Like you always hear about Barkley not winning and and Stockton and Malone, like I feel bad for him, but the fact that those three guys' losses came expensive Mike and the Bulls, I'm not too upset with that. So sorry, uh, but I would love to see Grant Hill um, win a few titles. Uh, I think he deserved it. And I like Iverson's up there too, though. Iverson came semi kind of close. He did get one against the 01 Lakers. Um, Iverson would like to win a title, see win a title. I would have liked to seen him and Larry Brown and Philly figure out a way to do it. But it, it just wasn't. 
you know, it, it just wasn't there. But Grand Hill, thoughts on Mueller report. If Trump technically didn't obstruct justice, it's pretty clear he tried to and was talked out of it by others. Impeach or try to vote out in 2020? I know nothing about the Mueller report. I'm sorry. I kind of figured if something came out where there was legit, oh, he might, like we're in motion of we're going to try to get him impeached. If if that ball actually started rolling, I'd pay attention. Kind of like with Clinton and uh, what was it, 98, when that stuff was happening with him, 98, 99. Like, obviously, the details are everywhere, or, or everywhere on the news. The details in the Mueller report are everywhere. But at the same time, nothing's happening. So I feel like I don't need to know what's on the Mueller report. We already all suspect Donald did things wrong here or there in order to get to the, get the presidency. I don't even think Donald wanted the presidency, and it just kind of fell into his lap, ironically enough. And here we are. So, mm. Impeach? No. What are we going to do? Let Pence be Pence be the president for a year or two? No. You you in order to beat Donald, you've got to you got to beat him in a fair one essentially in order for it to count. Getting disqualified essentially is not what is not the narrative that we need. Donald needs to be beat in an election. So hopefully he gets voted out next year, but I don't think he's going to be. Shelly Moore Capito, is she a walking skeleton or not? Seriously, she looks rough. Not to be sexist, but good Lord, Tom has not been contour. Uh, Shelly Cap- Moore Capito is um, a representative of uh, West Virginia. I'm trying to get the... The deets on her here, so I can tell y'all. Uh, she is a senator from West Virginia. She's been in there since 2015, and she's a Republican. Um, that's a little rough, Chris. <laughs> I mean, he just really hates Shelley Moore Capito. I kind of feel the same way because every time in the past two years, a big bill has come up that there were... Um, the Republicans are pushing or something like that. I mean, she is a Republican and stuff that other West Virginians have been against and people have called their office and left messages and, you know, like, where are your people? We voted you in, vote against this. Every time she votes for or for the thing that a bunch of her constituents don't want. So I'm not a Shelley Moore Capito fan. Uh... So I'm going to say no to Walking Skeleton. Mark Bosquet, is there anyone's thoughts on anything you want to hear less than James Harden's thoughts on NBA officiating? Nah, fam. I think James, I, I, nothing James Harden. I don't care. I don't care about him. And that's just the way I feel about him. My opinions are never changing on that. Um, so, no, I don't care about the calls in the Warrior series. I feel like he's a big cry baby along with CP3. He was crying before CP3 got there. So whatever, I don't care. And is there anything anything I can think of that I would want to hear less? Yes, I want, I'd much rather... Um, thing I would want to hear less than that, though, is someone try to defend Lord of the Rings to me because it's not going to work. 
Mark, who leads the Carolina Panthers first, Will Greer or Cam Newton? Will Greer, because I will say right now, Will Greer is trash. He played in the Big 12. They don't play defense in the Big 12. He was in a souped-up offense that let him pass a lot because um, despite there being running backs that had success at times, WVU was a pass-first offense. And with there being no defense, he gets sit there and put up gaudy numbers, and people think, oh, he's a Heisman candidate. He's trash. He has no leadership. And you can look at his record like, oh, well, look at these wins and stuff like that. Like, yeah, but what about the big games? What did he do in the big games? Not a damn thing ever. Ever, 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 ever. Will Greer is trash. The Panthers are taking a calculated risk. They have Cam in place still. I don't expect Will Greer to have a lengthy starting quarterback career in the NFL. I honestly wish he was not drafted. I feel like WVU fans gassed him up so bad. Like, oh, he's so good. He's look at he threw for all these yards and all these touchdowns. Fuck Will Greer. He's not good at all. I wish him the best in his NFL career because I'm not that much of a hater. But for anybody to seriously consider that he is a starting caliber NFL quarterback is out of their fucking mind. And this gives me an opportunity to say about David Sills and how he didn't get drafted. Everybody's like, I can't believe David Sills didn't get drafted. Like, David Sills is trash too. He was in an offense that didn't play defense, and he was the only Mountaineer who consistently caught the ball for Will Greer. And you can go to the stats and be like, oh, look at all these catches that so-and-so had, and look at this, and look how Will Greer spread the ball around. David Sills is his favorite contact, his, uh, his uh, favorite, um, not contact, his favorite target, that's what I'm looking for, and he was trash. I mean, look how fast he is. What a great duo. Y'all need to stop acting like WVU is a good college football program. I'll tell you that right now. They are not. David Sills deserve not to be drafted. I don't think he will have a long NFL career. And his will be definitely shorter than Will Greer's. He's trash. Greer's trash. Thank you and good night. Which current NBA player will make the best future head coach? Who will make the best future GM? Oh, again, that's a toughie. Um, I think Vince, bringing that back up, I think Vince Carter would actually make a good coach. I feel like he soaked up a lot of game over the years, and I could easily see him ending up being a head coach at some point. Um. Draymond would be a wonderful GM. <laughs> I would love to see Draymond be a, a GM. Um, who else would be a great um coach? I feel like uh Tony Parker could end up being a good coach because the Spurs have had a few players come out of that Popovich San Antonio system. And while they didn't have success, they did go on to have uh you know, decent careers like uh, Benny Del Negro coached a few teams. Uh, Avery Johnson, I believe he has a Coach of the Year award to his name. 
Monty Williams, I think he's coached a few teams, and he was on the Spurs, I think. So there, there's lots of Spurs products that's that's been around. Everybody says LeBron should be a GM because he's lay GM now, um, with especially back in Cleveland. I don't think he'll ever be a GM. I uh, I, I just and I actually I, I think Dwayne Wade would be a good GM. I feel like he understands how. Not how things work, but I feel like he could put together a good team. I mean, he did in Miami for a few years at one time, if you recall. <clears throat> Which makes you happiest that they never won a championship? Oh, <laughs> going back to the NBA question about what player never won a championship. Uh, he said, "Which of these makes you happiest? They never won a championship. Barkley, Malone, or Stockton? I love John Stockton, man. Stockton's the freaking best." Um. He de- he deserves way more credit than he gets. He's one of my favorite point guards ever. Um, so that makes me sad that he didn't actually win one. Um, Carl Malone, I'm not. It doesn't bother me uh, that he didn't win one. He actually, <clears throat> Carl Malone was a scoring force man and a rebounding force, and he had a great great career. But I, I, you know who it makes me happiest didn't win a championship though. It's not Malone. It's not Barkley. It's not Stockton. This is fucked up because I was cheering for him that one year. <laughs> but it makes me so happy to know that Patrick Ewing never won a championship. Now, why I love Pat and I love his game and the blood, sweat, and tears he spilled for the Knicks and all the best at Georgetown and. Everything he's worked for. I just do. It makes me so happy knowing that he didn't win. It really does. And I don't care how that sounds. I'm glad Patrick Ewing is not an NBA champion. <laughs> and that that is pure Bulls Knicks hatred right there. It's Patrick Ewing. What song do you never want to hear get sampled? Ever. Again, this is the last question. These last two have been from Eric Greenlee. Handsome Bane. What song do I never want to hear get sampled ever again? So I I guess this is a two-part question. So let's go with ever again. I'm going to go ahead and say my favorite song ever. That would be my favorite song ever. That would be easy like Sunday morning. It was sampled by the Diplomats by Cameron and Joel Santana on Come Home With Me for the classic song Hey Ma. And they actually couldn't curse on it because it's the only way they, uh, the Commodores and Lionel Richie would clear the sample. But I want to see if anyone else sampled it. Let's see. Who sampled Easy? Like Sunday morning. See if anybody else tried to mess this up. Oh, there's oh, there's been several. So there was Hey Ma. There was Six Feet Deep by the Ghetto Boys in 93. Uh, I don't even know if I want to hear that. Uh, and that's not anything against Ghetto Boys. Sunday Morning by Saha the Prince. Paid My Dues by J-Rock. And Want to Be Free by Wade Waters. So there's been a few who have dipped into that bag. But I don't want... Anybody else a sample easy like Sunday morning? I don't. 
it's perfect the way it is. And Cam got it right that one time. So I don't need y'all touching my favorite song anymore. That would be awesome. And then what song do I never want to hear get sampled? That's just, I, I don't know. I, th I think maybe it's not a two-part question because every song has been sampled in some kind of way at this point. I feel like there's not anything out there where it's like, that's unsampleable. <laughs> Is that a word? Unsampleable. That's unsampleable. Sounds like a challenge. Um, I don't know. I, I just... I just don't think there's any one song that hasn't been sampled. So I'm just going to go with what song do I never want to hear, hear a good sampled ever again. And that be Easy Like Sunday Morning by the Commodores. Don't touch it anymore. Just stop. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, that completes the questions volume two. I apologize for my, uh, my, uh, my goofing around on the AOC question and whatever other question I was, uh, kind of dicking around on because I was too busy looking at the TV. The CM Punk question was kind of all over the place. So I apologize for those two. I'll, I'm going to try to clean it up and post so it didn't sound so weird. So weird. But that's the questions. Thank you to everybody who submitted questions. Y'all came through for me again. It was a lot of fun answering these questions. So let, let's get into the end game, so to speak. Hyphenation is brought to you by hyphenpodcastgroup.com. You can find all the episodes right there on the thing. <laughs> on the website and you also go to hyphenuniverse.com you can find every episode on there hyphen universe wow hyphen nation is available wherever podcasts are sold whether that be apple Podcasts, spotify uh radio public which i um i mentioned also stitcher uh tune in um it, it's it's around man if you just want to go to google and type in hyphen nation podcast it'll it'll come up too that way as well it's on Google Podcast. So yeah, a lot of cool places have my podcast. I found this new site called Chartable, actually, that has my podcast. I'm a big fan of the work that they're doing, too. So that's very cool. Uh, so if you want to get a hold of me, if you want to reach out, reach out. Reach out to me. I'll be there. Okay, it's uh, bhyphn at gmail.com or at bhyphn on Twitter or hyphen universe on Facebook or the bhyphn on Instagram. If you want to go through the hyphen podcast group way, it's hyphen podcast group at gmail.com, hyphen pie group on Twitter, hyphen podcast group on Facebook and Instagram. So you can reach out to me any of those ways. Done deal. Easy peasy. <sighs> um, if you go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com, go to shows, go to hyphenation, you'll see an RSS link, RSS feed link. You can take that RSS feed link, turn that some bitch sideways, 
put it into your favorite podcast listening device, and you can get all 98 episodes of Fire. Just like that. Just like that. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how you do it. Uh, what what else what else do I say at the end? It's been so long. <laughs> um words of wisdom for today. Be thankful. I say that because so many times we're running around here, rushing around, you know, heads cut off, trying to get things done, this, that, and the third, so we can all function in life and go about our days. People always wishing, hoping for better things and things like that. But sometimes you just got to take stock of what you have and just be happy that you have what you have. I think um, if you take time to just do that every now and then, uh, it's a nice little refresh. It's like clicking that little refresh button on your browser uh, before you tackle the next thing. So be thankful for what you have. Definitely be thankful. So, power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life no matter what you have to do, no matter what it may be, no matter what you may have to do, you got to do you. That's right. Call your mom, hug your dad, hit your brother, dap up your sister, call your friend. Write on a Facebook wall, send an email, send a letter, send a postcard to your aunt. Just, just make sure that you're reaching out and letting people know you care because you just never know. You just never know what's next for anyone. Ever. So just, just make sure that you're... Uh, Just make sure that you're uh, just letting people know what they're what they mean to you while they're still here. Give them their flowers now, man. Don't don't wait till they're dead. Give them their flowers now. So with that said, I answered a bunch of questions, some better than others, but I appreciate each and every one of y'all. You check out Hyphen Nation. World's greatest podcast. I greatly appreciate it. <sighs> Y'all are the absolute best. Um, I'm gonna keep rocking. We're real close to a hundred. We're really close to a hundred, man. So, without further ado. I don't really need to read up on politics. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen. Apologies, Markel Faults, because he's still trash. Last I checked. So, yeah, man. It's been Hyphen Nation, the world's greatest podcast, brought to you by hyphenpodcastgroup.com. Thanks, y'all.
Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and comment. This has been a Hyphen Podcast Network production. They're the bestest. I'm getting paid an exposure.